Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Monica Lane. She's the owner of the downtown Clifton Hotel and the soon-to-becoming Citizen Hotel Tucson. Today is April 11th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. We shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track. Right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android to do that, you just head over to your respective stores and download the Downtown Radio Tucson application. And if you want to get us on the show, our email is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can use that same URL, lifealongthestreetcar.org, to find our past episodes. You'll see us over there on Facebook. Our podcast is available just about anywhere podcasts can be found. And you can simply ask your smart speaker to play. Life Along the Streetcar podcast. We're going to start today's show with a little thanks, a little gratitude, and a little inspiration because of the University of Arizona women's basketball team. They exceeded expectations. They won their region. They made it to the Final Four. In fact, they played for the national championship. I'm sure most people are aware of this news. It was a... um, I would say stunning achievement. They were not expected to do as well as they did. They did not ultimately win the national championship, but they brought pride to Tucson. They played very well. And uh, if you watch the game, it was quite impressive and came right down to the very end. So thank you to Coach Barnes. Thank you to the team. Thanks for bringing a little bit of excitement and joy into March and early April. And our feature presentation is also bringing some joy into Tucson. We spoke with Monica Lane by phone uh, just a couple of weeks ago to talk about her newest project. It's the Citizen Hotel Tucson. It's the former house, uh, former office of the Tucson Citizen. And it's going to be another small boutique hotel in downtown. It's got some unique characteristics with it. Monica is also the owner of the downtown Clifton, which gained national notoriety uh, just a few years ago, and has really, uh, that popularity really fueled its growth. And it took a, a fairly small uh, establishment, expanded it, added a little restaurant and a bar, and now it's a, a neighborhood watering hole as well. And I enjoyed speaking with Monica, and I hope you enjoy our interview with her as well. Uh, I'm Monica Lane. You um, asked earlier if I was busy running a law practice, and I scoffed at that for a good couple of minutes um, because I fled the practice of law, which is how I got into real estate development, you know, ran right out of the frying pan and straight into the fire. Um, So uh, how would I describe myself today? I just describe myself as a hotel developer, a real estate developer generally. Um, Hotels, I happen to enjoy, I think, they're an interesting mix of business and real estate development. It's hard to develop real estate without actually knowing the business or having a hand in the business. Not that it can't be done, but 
why do anything easy when you don't know how to do it? <laughs> was the downtown Clifton, was that your first foray into uh, that, that industry? It was, um, and it was entirely accidental. Um, when I finally left the practice of law for good um, in 2013, I guess, it was my fourth attempt at leaving and my successful attempt. I'd had a bunch of people around me that had been for years saying I should get into real estate um, development, and I wasn't super keen on it up to all that time. And then, you know, finally I was casting about for what I would do um, with myself as a grown adult and had just a little bit of money um, and hit the market at the right time. And uh, when I told my mentor in the practice of law that I was leaving, uh, he suggested the property that became the downtown Clifton actually ended up buying that out of probate. Um, so it never even hit the market was able to purchase that property and honestly wasn't sure um, what I was going to do with it. Were, the hotel came with the 10 original rooms built in 1948 and then the giant empty lot next door. Um, and we were thinking we were going to do townhomes or some sort of um, multifamily or residential deal. And in the meanwhile, we looked at each other and said, well, why don't we just turn this into a hotel? The space itself was originally uh, a hotel, wasn't it? It was. It was. It's an interesting property. It um, has sort of a nondescript history. You know, Armory Park was one of the first historic neighborhoods, first historic districts in Tucson, in downtown Tucson particularly. So its history is fairly well documented. But for whatever reason, this family exempted itself from the historic district. There's really no record of what it did and um, even the business records. I went to the Historical Society when we purchased the property looking in the business records in the yellow pages for the time 1948 yields not much of anything so um, as near as I could tell the property was operated as something called the town hotel for about two years from 48 to 50 and then just sort of disappeared from the records we were able to pick up what was just a, a charming retro um, boutique roadside motel um, on the old side, we didn't have to do much of anything. It was gorgeous as is with its uh, poured concrete floors with integral color and that Douglas fir, those wood beam ceilings. We just sort of brushed them off and gave everything a fresh coat of paint and some retro furniture. And, you know, the rest went from there. We sort of did a thing on the Internet and then turned it into a real hotel in real life. Yeah, you know, the uh, the I think the the internet that uh, World Wide Web thing was extremely influential. You got a you got a national reputation. Yeah, um, like I said, that is more luck than anything. Um, we hit everything sort of at the right time. Uh, so that was when some hotel. I, I always say the Desert Southwest was having a moment at that time. May still post pandemic, but particularly there was a group of hotels called the Bunkhouse Hotel. I, I assume nobody's going to be familiar with it outside of the hotel industry, but um, El Cosmico is one that's probably the most famous. Um, uh, the Thunderbird in Marfa, the, both of those are in Marfa, Texas. That developer has a set of boutique hotels in the Austin-Houston area as well. 
and or Austin, San Antonio, forgive me. And she, her hotels had become very popular for this sort of stripped down desert look. You know, Palm Springs was having a moment too, which has a very clean mid-century modern look. And the designer I worked with, um, a guy named Cliff Taylor, um, for whom we named the hotel actually, was really sort of tapped into that feel and wanted to um, have Tucson sort of channel that feel itself. After all, we're also a high desert city. Um, and the building itself had these clean, pretty lines. So the design aesthetic of the hotel just hit at the right time, I think, sort of at the peak desire for that. And I think turns out to be um, fairly classic. It's a classic look, sort of those clean lines. And then trying to speak to a particular place, I think, makes it timeless, too. Can be iconic for downtown Tucson um, in the way that truly Hotel Congress has been iconic. We really did follow, you know, in the footsteps of, you know, giants as far as they go. And just trying to, to do something special and beautiful. And people really felt that. Well, they felt it. It worked. And, and uh, just a couple of years ago, you took that empty lot and expanded the primary thing here, I guess at that time, um, my partner and I had split amicably. So um, I went through the construction on, on my own. You know, again, why do anything easy? So the challenge at that point in time was really how do you do something that is new construction that speaks to that older building, you know, knew it couldn't be recreated. Um, and you don't want to do sort of a Disneyland facsimile of it, you know, so you have to really speak to it. So what we tried to do over here was maintain the intimacy of space that um, our guests had liked on the smaller property. It's one of the things that people liked. It was a small space and was easy to create community. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do that in our design. Um, so we've got this interior, well, it's an outdoor courtyard, but it's interior to the property. So all the new rooms face onto the courtyard. You have the privacy of your room, of course, but it really is very much a community space. We were able to incorporate some brick. Of course, it was modern brick. It wasn't that, you know, 40s red burnt brick. We did the concrete floors. Of course, you can't do integral color with radioactive dyes anymore. So we weren't able to do that. Those aren't EPA warnings. I mean, they really get in the, the way of beautiful aesthetics. The, the, <laughs> the phrase that I've heard lately is uh, modern uh, compatible, um, you know, something, mm -hmm. something that is taking into this the style and the feel and the and sort of the the philosophy and uh, and the and the uh, spirit but using the modern technology and materials so you're you're not like you're saying trying to recreate something you're you're creating something new but in the in a way that that feels connected to the past I know it's it's a brilliant phrase and it's it's what we try to do here um and if I may be so bold I feel like um we were able to succeed in doing that here um one of my favorite compliments that I get from people I don't get it often I get it you know maybe five six times a year somebody will walk in and say oh when did you renovate this old building we wanted people to feel like this had been here if not as long as the original building you know, in that same era. And then, of course, the other thing that's so sweet to me about that is this was such um, a neighborhood-involved process. I live in Armory Park, 
spent a lot of time talking to our neighbors in Barrio Viejo. The hotel looks into Barrio Viejo. Spent a lot of time talking with the historic um, commission in Armory Park and, of course, with the city of Tucson and, and all of those people to really get something that feels appropriate. And one of the sweeter compliments I got when I was done was neighbors coming in and thanking, thanking us, thanking me for feeling like I've done something that speaks to the place and contributes to the neighborhood in a way that is um, culturally and historically appropriate, even though it's new. I think people are also thanking you because you opened up a lounge right there. That's, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, thank you for making this historic and the local beers you serve with your nice cuisine there. So I think a lot of people don't know about the, the Red Light Lounge yet. It's, it's sort of an up and coming thing here in Tucson. Uh, we are in the middle of a well, quiet hotel in a quiet neighborhood. So we only operate from four to 10. Um, we have a very limited, very small menu. Um, we'll have acoustic music acts play every once in a while. Um, but our our bar itself is, very, it's a very small bar, very small sort of selections, but has the feel of a neighborhood bar 100%. And that was intentional. Guests early on enjoyed the neighborhood interaction. You know, neighbors would you know, walk across the street and have a beer with our general manager in a dirt parking lot and whatever guests happen to be there. And we didn't want to lose that connectivity. And the lounge has been fantastic for that, actually. Um, so we probably see more neighborhood guests in the lounge than we do hotel guests, bizarrely, um, because what we try to do for our hotel guests is push them out into the downtown community. We've never wanted to you know, keep anybody on the property, even to buy our alcohol. Um, and that's been reciprocated nicely um, from our neighbors who are who are here and just like you said grateful for the alcohol there's not much between broadway and 22nd and we'll be right back to the second half and completion of our interview with monica in just a few minutes but first i want to remind you that you're listening to life along the streetcar on downtown radio 99.1 fm and available for streaming on downtownradio.org all right, let's get back to that interview with Monica Lane. We heard about her history and the creation and success of the downtown Clifton. And let's talk about the newest project coming up in uh, just a couple of months here in downtown Tucson. Well, so things are going well at the downtown Clifton. And, and, and because it's never uh, wise to do anything easy, uh, you've decided to open uh, another location just a, a few blocks away in, in downtown. Can you tell us a little bit about the project? <laughs> Sure, yeah. Why not compete with myself? <laughs> I really do enjoy um, building and operating and conceptualizing hotels. Um, how I ended up with one so close to me, not sure. <laughs> but when a building speaks to you, it just happens to speak to you. And the old Tucson Citizen building really did. Um, I'm a Tucson native. I was a history major. So, you know, the fact that it had a history as the um, first home of the, well, I'm going to say the Tucson Citizen. I think its name was like the Arizona Daily Citizen at the mm -hmm. time. Just its location and its materials and all of that just really sort of tugged at my heart historically. And there's so much um, activity going, interesting activity, I think, going on there on the corners of Broadway and Stone and Congress and Stone and up and down Stone, actually. Let's place this for folks. The, the Clifton is, it's on Stone, but it's about halfway, I would say, between Broadway and Five Points. 
Um, so the Clifton is, uh, uh, that's a good way to describe it. It's about halfway between Broadway and Five Points. That's perfect. Okay. The second project, the Citizen, is at 82 South Stone. So that's um, a little bit north of the cathedral. We're actually directly north of the parking garage and immediately next door to health on Broadway. And I read a, a, an article about this, and this is what really prompted the call, because this is not your typical, you know, I think of like a boutique hotel, I think of small rooms, uh, but this is... These, these are not small rooms. Um, well, we're not trying to do small rooms, but, you know, damned if competitors don't keep up with you. Every time I think I've done something nice like 500 square foot rooms, which um, we're doing here, just 10 of them, um, somebody comes along and says, oh, that's the new industry average. I'm like, damn it, I thought I was doing something special. Oh, I thought 500 was um, a huge room for... Yeah, and, and it, it feels that way. So it really does. It feels larger than your typical hotel room. Um, there's walk-in bathroom suite um, in those with walk-in closets and soaking tubs and uh, city views. The windows are... Um, huge. They're, I say huge. They're very tall windows. Um, the ceilings are very tall. Um, of course, in classic sense, it varies from room to room because it's a historic building. And I know that doesn't quite make sense. Um, but where your real ceilings are and where your drop ceilings are and all that sort of stuff can be a surprise when you're doing an adaptive reuse in an old building. So on average, our ceilings are about 10 um, to 12 feet. And then when you go upstairs, um, they get as high as 12 to 14 feet. I'm so, 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 so excited um, that Sand Reckoner Wines is putting their cellar in the basement. They'll be barrel aging, they'll be bottling, they'll be doing their tasting room, and they'll be shipping out of that space and doing barrel tastings and tours and wine programming and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so what, since they're based out of Wilcox, you know, and there's uh, that high, high open desert in the Wilcox growing area and same with Sonoida, what we want to do design wise in the hotel is really speak to that experience to sort of bring not just the taste of Arizona wines, but also the, the feel of being out in the vineyard. Down to, um, down to downtown. So we wanted the rooms to feel big, like the big open skies in that area and to feel bright and sunny um, and to use sort of um, the natural materials, the organic materials that we do. So what we were trying to do um, with Sand Reckoner being in the basement is really speak to the terroir of the Wilcox and Sonoida growing areas in the same way that their wines do. So design-wise, we wanted to have um, that, that, that feel of big open desert skies and the um, dusty hues, natural wood materials, um, dusty greens, some of the quartzite that's out there will have those accents, natural stone accents, quartzite, sandstone, you know, use all of those materials, those natural materials that give their wines character we wanted to use to give our hotel character as well. So the two will work in harmony in that way. So I'm, I'm really pleased with the size of the rooms, not just because they'll be big, but because it speaks to the whole experience we're trying to provide. What, what's your timeline for, for the renovation and opening? Do you have a, a, something slated? Now we're targeting a soft open around July 1st, and we'll use that time to walk press through, to walk invited guests, members of the community, um, even though hopefully by that time almost everybody will have, you know, um, 
two uh, shots in their arms. We want to be sensitive to opening a hotel during this time. So be sure to do that in a carefully controlled way during the summer. We start taking reservations for room nights after August 6th. And then hopefully we can have um, a grand opening on October 16th. We're planning to kick that off with what we hope will become an annual wine event. We'd close off the street immediately to the south of us. and We'd have some wine education and tastings and music and all those uh, sorts of things. And uh, as you, you do, you pay homage to to, to the history and the, and the new hotel is is, uh, is the citizen after the, uh, the the original use of that building? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's um, it's formerly the Citizen Hotel Tucson, but we just call it the Citizen. Keep your eyes peeled for the opening, and I can't wait to have you down and have a glass of wine. And I can't wait to go down and have a glass of wine. Looking forward to uh, another cool project in downtown Tucson. My name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, we are pro- approaching the bottom of the hour, which means uh, you are just a few minutes away from Tedsky and his new show called Words and Work. I don't know if you've been uh, listening to this. It comes on 1130 every Sunday. Uh, but Tedsky interviews uh, writers and others that uh, are involved with the labor movement. It's called Words and Work, launched uh, in March. So we are uh, excited to have Tedsky as part of the Sunday lineup, as well as his weekly uh, DJ shows that that he puts out there. Uh, If you want to know what's coming up here on the show, we've got some cool things. Uh, Next week, we have uh, Alan Kohler. He's a He's got an interesting background, grew up in the Midwest, worked in restaurants in New York. He's an associate professor here at the University of Arizona, but his passion is in food and natural ingredients, local ingredients. And he has created a company called the Arizona Baking Company, and they have a couple of products that use our local regional products. And uh, he works with with, uh, farmers and uh, gardeners and such in the area, uh, one of which is a collaboration with Mission garden so uh, happy to have him on the show very interesting uh, gentleman and the the uh the things you can do with baking are much more impactful to our region and our community than i would have thought so that, that'll be next sunday with alan kohler and then as we move into the last week of april we have kate green who is the new uh, director over at the museum of contemporary art mocha and we'll talk a little bit about how museums are doing in the pandemic and things that you can expect to see uh, from that interesting facility down there, the old uh, firehouse number one, which is now the Museum of Contemporary Art. And that's Kate Green. She'll come up in um, uh, at the end of the month, and that will wrap up a pretty impactful April. If there's topics you want us to cover, things that you think we should be discussing, please don't hesitate to uh, reach out and let us know. Uh, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can find us on Facebook. Occasionally you'll see us pop up on Twitter, but we spend most of our time there on social media. We're using Facebook. Uh, and if you have a social media account, tag us, uh, post something on our wall. We would like to share what you're doing. We're always trying to highlight things that uh, are just under the radar and just really amazing uh, efforts. And speaking of amazing efforts, I want to thank you for Arizona Gives Day. 
downtown radio set what I thought was a modest goal, and they they hit it and exceeded it to to uh, really accomplish uh, what we were trying to do for that fundraiser. And I want to thank you for for being a part of that. As a reminder, this is an all-volunteer-run station. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of like 55 DJs, our staff, our board. Not a person gets paid for what they do here. So when you make a donation, it goes into the quality of the programming, the quality of the equipment, and makes a better experience for the listeners. And uh, the fact that you took some time last week to help us hit our goals meant a lot. A couple of quick announcements. We uh, had Ryan Hood on the show last week, uh, a duo that uh, grew up here in Tucson and performs all over the world at this point. Uh, they are back in town. In fact, tonight, the 11th, you can catch them as part of the Tucson Folk Festival. Uh, and if you didn't listen last week, they've changed it up a little bit as far as how they're doing the festival this year. It's it's in a much safer environment. In fact, Ryan Hood will be playing what they call their first mall concert. They're playing at the Park Mall uh, I believe it's at 4.30 tonight, and uh, they're playing in the parking area. So you drive in there, and they've got room for about 300 cars, I believe. So that's the Tucson Folk Festival that is uh, going on this weekend. And Ryan Hood, who was our guest last week, will be there at 4.30 tonight. And they're also playing at the Mercado uh, this coming weekend to announce their new album. But I think that that set of shows might be sold out. It was a much smaller, smaller venue. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you have been listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, and want to invite you to head over to any one of those podcasting places like Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Amazon, and uh, check out our podcast. Or if you've got one of those fancy smart speakers, you can just simply say, play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. We've had quite a... uh, a lineup of speakers this year and uh, invite you if this is the first time listening go back at least to the beginning of this year and look at the quality of folks that have come on to share what an amazing place that tucson is well our guest today was monica lane and uh, her collaboration at the new uh, citizen hotel tucson with sand reckoner wines has inspired uh, our feature song today as we head out we're gonna leave you with a little brian thomas parker Blackberry Wine, and this is from his 2017 album, Cliffs. My name is Tom Heath. Have a great week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.